Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Chiropractic in Rockwall, Texas specializes in care for moms and babies. They can help with pregnancy back pain, getting babies into position for a better birth, and helping newborns with reflux and ear infections by helping them with proper nerve and blood supply through better alignment. Call 972-895-4655 to book your appointment or go to t3chiropractic.com. Mention that you heard about them on the Gather Moms podcast, and your first appointment is a discounted rate of only $65. Now, back to the show. Hey, moms. Welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. We're so excited to have you with us. Listen, we had an episode a couple weeks ago about being sick, and I have gotten so many messages from moms that are like, that's for me. My whole family is sick. Yes. We all needed a little encouragement. It's been a, the sick season has been a long one. But I think that the sun is going to shine. I think we're headed out onto the other side. You know, you keep believing that. You That and Jesus is coming back this year. So, <laughs> Well, I did say the Cowboys were going to win the Super Bowl, and yeah. I definitely didn't win yeah. that. So, yeah. I mean, two out of three ain't bad. Great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Listen, moms, we've been in our season called Mind Your Motherhood. We've gone through so many seasons of motherhood. I can't even believe that we are almost to the end of our yeah. journey. Yeah. But we have made it all the way to launching our kids from the nest, wherever they might go. Where shall they go? Yeah. And we're so excited to welcome a guest onto the podcast today, Miss Susan C. Shout out, Susan. Hey, now. Hey, hey. It's so glad to be here. Susan is a longtime friend of Gather Moms. Yes. We've had her at events. She's on the Right Now Media series with us. We've been big fans for a minute. And we Mm. finally recruited her to... Our board. She's on the board. She's on the Gather Moms board. And I we're feel so like that's big time. It is. Big time. But Susan also has her own ministry and a family of dun 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 homeschool. One million kids. One million kids <laughs> that she homeschools. How many kids do you have? I think you all have officially given me the most kids yet. Uh, yes. Every time someone says it, the number goes up. But a million Okay, that's the one that hit the number. It's seven. I have seven. Yeah. One boy, six girls. Basically a million. (laughs) Well, she's got six girls, so that's expensive. You know, girls, they pricey. Yeah. They're each one in a million. I'll say it like that. Yes. Oh, how sweet. What a sweet mom thing to say. Susan, tell (laughs) us a little bit about your ministry, your family, and what you're doing right now in life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That last question, what am I doing in life? There's lots of <laughs> questions there. But um, I am in Austin, Texas with my people. I um been a homeschool mom 23 years. I um, am down to my last two homeschool students. I have graduated five from homeschool. And I feel the light at the end of the tunnel is getting bright. And I am... Mm really curious about what this next season of life has for me. So um, in the meantime, I am still plugged in um, at the Mentor for Moms podcast. I have some 
private groups of moms that I mentor, and there's just some really good life-transforming work happening there. And it's a joy. Yeah. It's a joy over here to um, do the work I do here with these people that share my DNA and to also be able to pour out in small pockets. I don't have the capacity for the big stuff I see on the internet that I go, I don't know what these other mamas are drinking, but yeah. oh, girl. Sis. I know. I feel that way, too. I think it's what? called AG1. Have what? you seen this? Ma'am, okay, listen, Rebecca's about to come for us with some Instagram <laughs> ad. What the I'm heck telling is that? you, she's susceptible. Okay, listen, I feel like influencers all get on the same bandwagon. It's like a company huh? like sends it all to them, and they start mm. pushing it, and all the mm. influencers are pushing AG1 right now. Ma'am. Oh, what even is it? Some it's kind green. of powder. It's green powder. Yeah, it's oh, green powder. Okay. Yeah. Okay, mm. so maybe that's it. Susan, maybe you need some mm. green powder. I'm so sure that would solve my problems. <laughs> All I know <laughs> is yesterday I had already had two cups of coffee in the morning, and then in the mm-hmm. afternoon I I didn't have time for a nap. That's what I wanted for like mm-hmm. a little refresh, but instead mm-hmm. I hit the Nespresso machine once, and then I was like, mm-hmm. that helped. Maybe mm-hmm. a second one would mm-hmm. really help get the job done. You had four. Mm-hmm. Then I had a second Nespresso in the afternoon. So that meant at 930 at night, I was out doing laps on my street. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trying to get tired. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I went too, I swung too far the other way. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. I am a nap chaser. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I need to lay down. Yeah. Okay, after I do this, I'm going to lay down. Uh I really need to go lay down. And, you know. (laughs) I like nap chaser. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) She has a million kids and she's a nap chaser. We're giving you all kind of titles today. Well, you got to get in where you get in. To go with that. Yes. Okay, so listen, you said it. You have launched five kids. Like, for those of us that have not launched, you are like the Grammy winner of launching now. So we need to glean from all of your wisdom and advice. Mm -hmm. And our last episode, we talked about raising teens. And Kate gave us this whole idea about how at some point in your life as a parent, you switch to a coach. You're no longer the one that's in control. Do you feel like that applies to launching kids? Are we still a coach or is there another role that we take on? Mm. Yeah, I I think coach is a good description of it. Um, I love that one of the things my, my husband says at each of their graduations, the visual is always so great for me, is um, he'll stand in front of them. And he was like, for so many years, this was my posture towards you as I was ahead of you. You were following along behind me and I was helping to pave the way for you and to look out and protect you and be in front of you to guard you. And then as you entered into your young adult years, your teen years, you came alongside me and I was right there beside you as you were beginning to get your own glimpse of the world and how the world works and how like this glimpse of reality that you didn't have when you were younger and you were behind, tucked behind me. And safe. And now, as you move on into the world, you move ahead of me. And that doesn't mean um, that we are no longer connected. It means that you now have your own path that you must follow. And I'm always going to be right here. I'm right behind you. I'm right here in step with you to be able to give you the wisdom and guidance I have of someone who's been on this path longer. But you have the energy and the vigor to go faster than I do right now. Mm. And I will be here to give you the guidance as you need it. So there's a coach in there, but that visual always helps me 
to not be so um much trying to hold on to him like hey 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 hey, where are you going yeah <laughs> what, what are you doing yeah I don't know about that well explain to me what you're thinking and all these things and I'm like it's time for them to run and they're gonna run hard and fast but that doesn't mean that they don't know where to come when they need some help and some guidance that's a beautiful picture love that I got a little like emotional Teary. yes okay I'm if you can make it. her cry for the first she has not been sad yet about jake going off to college but if you could make her cry susan you'd mm. win it's coming mm. for me i feel as the months are ticking towards may I, it's coming mm-hmm. for me i've just been so excited for him because you're right mm-hmm. he's about to forge his own path mm-hmm. and i think that he's got success ahead of him i feel like mm-hmm. he's equipped and ready but mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure what my role is beyond trying to help get him scholarships. I'm not <laughs> sure what else my role is to help mm-hmm. get this kid along. So that visual is actually really, really good. I may have to share that with him. That was great. Mm, good. Really yeah. Good. It's, 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 it, a, it's a challenging season uh, more than I think we realize for our children in that we start to talk about the you know, well, you're about to graduate and you're going to move on. And I I think we're saying it as an encouragement, but sometimes it stirs up a lot of anxious feelings in them that they're like, yeah, okay, but what does that mean? Like, oh, oh, but am I supposed to know what I'm, what I want to do? And I'm going out into a world that seems to change every five minutes. So how could I even say that's the thing I want? Because that thing is now like no longer a thing. So it's, it's, um, a, a tender time of trying to encourage them because you believe in them, but also being able to hold space for them when they're in their insecure, freaking out stuff that might look like they just play video games more than ever. You know what I mean? Like they don't mm. necessarily express that they're feeling anxious about it. They just don't know what to do. So they kind of shut down. No, that's so good. Cause I do think I, like, I just tend to talk about how moms feel when you think about launching kids, like it's somehow about us, <laughs> but it's really about them. And you're right. There's so many things that are coming at them. I don't even know if I've stopped to ask him, like, what are you mm-hmm. afraid of? Or what are you worried about? Cause I guess I just assume he's so excited to get out of my house and mm-hmm. go live his life. So that is such a good word. What do you think, what do you think are the greatest fears that moms have about launching their kids? Mm. Um, Are the kids ready? Mm -hmm. And what does ready even look like? (laughs) Are they ready? I don't know. Have I told them enough? Have I prepared them enough? Have I equipped them enough? Do they know enough word? Do they know how to be safe out there? Do they know what to do with their money? Like all the different aspects of recognizing that as much as, um, you know, they give the description of having a child is like having a part of your heart on living on the outside of you, that now we're talking about that part of your heart, not just living on the outside of you, but maybe living outside of your view day to day. So you might go for a a period of time where you don't see them to be able to know that they're good. You know, they can say they're good, but then you look at them and you're like, yeah, you're not good. Mm -hmm. You need sleep Mm -hmm. or you need a shower is what you need. You know what I mean? Like we can look at them and we know them. Now we're talking about them going into places that we won't see dealing with people we don't know. And are they ready for that season? Is, is, can they handle it um, and handle it well? You know, Um, that I think that's one of those things that moms can be very, very afraid of, of watching their children get further and further away. 
yeah, that losing control and the fear of like, what if they do just make like a really bad choice that influences their life forever? Mm-hmm. You know, there's just such a significant fear there. I like, what if they meet someone that we don't like and we don't want them to marry and they bring them home and we're like, mm, you know, like what are our options, you know? Yeah. And just navigating that whole thing of like, do you say something to the kid? Do you mm-hmm. not say something? Do mm-hmm. you put rat poison in her drink? Like what? No, you do not. <laughs> wow. This is not I a Disney movie. we can movie. answer that last one clearly, can't we? Yeah. Snow White so or whatever. That's not it. <laughs> I did have somebody bring someone home. That within 10 minutes, my hubby and I looked at each other and we're like, there is no way. Okay. Well, tell us what you did. What did you do? Moms, if you live in the Rockwall or Dallas area, you need to know about the flat. The flat is a space that is supposed to feel like an extension of your home. It's a great place for you to host showers, parties, celebrations. The women that created this space wanted it to be for women where they could gather and celebrate each other. You can go to theflatdowntown.com for rates and to book. They want to provide you with a turnkey, hassle-free experience. Coffee and espresso is on them as well as water, tables, and chairs. Go to theflatdowntown.com to rent the space today. Yeah, that was um that was interesting. Uh, first time away from home, and uh, working a job, doing the whole thing, and uh, you know, just as your kids do, you hear a name coming up in conversations you haven't heard before, and that name keeps coming up. So I'm like, hey, so what's up here? Talk to me. Like, who is this person? Talk to me. And you know, just very elusive and vague. Red flag. I was like, ah, yeah, so you're not telling me much about them, but yet I keep hearing that, that oh, I went over to such and such with this person. Oh, I went out to eat. With, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I said, hey, how about um, next time you come home, you bring him with you? And did. And um, what were the red flags that we saw? Uh, did not really have a purpose yeah. in life. Um, yeah. Did not have a job. At uh-huh. the time, uh-huh. um, money was um, a challenge. So was constantly available when she was available, which seemed cute to her. And I was like, bam, that's a sign he don't have a life. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> sure, he could be at your job when you get off because he doesn't have one. You yeah. know, like uh-huh. things that were so flattering to her, like he's just there. Uh-huh. He wants to hear all about my day. And I just was sitting there like, what? Okay, so like, but do you have a plan? Because if you don't have a job, you know, at least if you have a plan, we could be supportive of this. Sure. And there was just lots of confusion. Um, There was just lots of dependence on family members and friends. And I just was like, okay, so no, like this is really not going to work. Um, Ma'am, what are you talking about? And so she dropped the M word on us, right? Whoa. Back it up. Back it up. And I was like, I know we are playing games, aren't we? Because what? There's no way. (laughs) So I said, talk to me about the plan. Uh Um, And what it came down to is she had to go back, y'all. It wasn't like she was home. And then we could be like, well, thanks for bringing her back. Now we now we got her, you uh-huh. know, like now we could talk some sense into her. Yeah. She had to go back and finish her work, which put her back with 
just unending time with this guy. Uh So I called my friends and I said, all right, here we go. Praying mamas. Yeah. We have a situation number nine. Let's Uh deal with it. Yeah. Um, Here's his name. Uh Here's the situation. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed for wisdom. We Uh prayed for intervention. We prayed for her to have the blinders on her eyes to fall. Yes. I mean, we prayed. Yes. And then I started noticing her asking questions like, oh, you know, I'm just not sure if this, I was like, oh, really? And I did not um, directly say to her, this, you should never, that was between me and hubby. Okay. Um, I, I said, I don't feel good about this. And I hope y'all take a long time <laughs> before okay. you even move forward. Okay. And then I went to my friends and was like, this okay. is not, this yeah. is not the one. Yeah. Turned out um, it was really not the one for her because he was seeking a green card and he was putting pressure on her oh, to wow. marry him. Oh, okay. So lots of stuff started coming out about what their relationship was really like. Okay. And he had ulterior motives. Okay. And it ended up being not a great thing. Uh, he ended up, we had to get police involved in really? restraining order. Like it, it turned, it turned. So these things can happen when they go off into the world. And I am grateful that um, one, I have the Holy Spirit as a mama who can say something's not right here. Yes. And um, leaning into him in those times because he's ever present with our children Mm -hmm. when we cannot be. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. have to find solace and comfort in that because everything else will give us a bunch of gray hairs and a whole lot of health issues. Mm -hmm. So I prayed instead of trying to control the situation. And I really um, leaned into friends to offer me support and my hubby to offer support. Um, instead of trying to like unload all of my concerns on her, I unloaded my concerns on my community and my support base so that I could be fully available for her concerns and be there when she had inklings, something right. That's amazing. That's good. Great example. And I think it's so important what you said, because I think sometimes for moms, when your kids go off to college, your life has been about the kid for 18 Mm -hmm. years. And so when they go off to college, you just kind of want to go with them so that you're just like 24 hours a day, like calling, texting, checking. But I love what you said about, but I have to have my own community so that Mm -hmm. I can be available for her or him when they need me. We need Mm -hmm. people that can listen to us vent and be upset and say all those Mm -hmm. scary things that we're afraid are going to happen, not to the kid, but to Mm -hmm. someone else. What a great word Mm -hmm. for our moms. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's great. You mentioned pray. And I think that's one of the things that I feel like is adjusting in my heart as a mom about to launch a kid is how do my prayers change? Mm -hmm. What, you know, because I know what I've been praying these. And honestly, I I would say this. I don't know if this is true for everybody. As my kid has gotten closer to graduation, I have become more of a praying mom. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's so sad to think that I did not pray this much when they were younger. But Mm -hmm. you just kind of felt like, well, they're in my house. I got them. It's fine. I can handle this. And the closer Mm -hmm. we get to launching, the more I feel out of control. And like, Mm -hmm. I need the Holy Spirit and Jesus to step in. I feel like Jesus is saying, I've been there all along. You just haven't been talking to me about it. So how do you think our prayers change as we get to that new phase of life with our kids? Uh, Listen, I'm so glad you asked that question because... (laughs) I feel very duped in the mom journey because I thought that mentally I had this, just get them to 18. Like 
raise the kids, get them to 18, as if somehow it just magically gets easier. Mm -hmm. Like, woohoo, they're adults, they got it. And I'm telling you, it's so intense in that time, but in a completely different way. And so I say often to moms, your kids don't need you less as they get older. They need you differently. And so in the same way, we don't pray less, we pray differently. Mm -hmm. And our prayers shift from the ways in which we have this specific direction we feel like they're supposed to go in that our prayers are more around their hearts towards the father who will always show them the way to go because he's the one who knows the path and the plans that he has for each of our children. And that also is a prayer that we pray for ourselves, that we release our eyes locked on a way for our children to go because it's time for them to fully walk on their own volition into the paths and the plans that God has for them. And some of them don't seem to want to walk straight. <laughs> and we have to trust God, yeah. even when we're looking at them going, like, oh, yeah. I want to come grab you. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And I think, you know, I want to control their choices in college. But if I did that, I would actually be harming them rather than helping them. Mm -hmm. And so I love what you said about asking the Holy Spirit that is going to college with them mm -hmm. to continue mm -hmm. to guide that path. Because mm -hmm. I, I would hope the thing that we want as moms more than anything is that our kids do exactly what God wants them to do and not just what we want them to do. Yeah. Yes. And I, I'm currently writing um, an article for a book about launching your kids um, from homeschool because mine's in a homeschool setting. But um I think that what's really important in that launch process is having a bigger view for our kids than college. Some will go to college, some won't. But what we are not doing is launching them into college. We're launching them into their future, into the life. Good. And so we want to prepare them and pray for their life because college is such a short season. Mm -hmm in their experience. It's such a short period of time, but somehow we can get locked in. They went from high school and they're going to college or they're going to technical school or they're going to the military. There's vast places they can go. I want to, if I could champion anything in this conversation, it's that we think bigger about where our kids are headed. Mm. And that when we think bigger, we'll begin to see how do we pray when we have a bigger view of where they're headed. How do we walk with them? How do we have conversations with them about things that matter in preparation for this life they're stepping into, not just this next baby step? Okay, not to put you on the spot, but do you have any specific examples of that? Like mm. So um, when I, like my hubby is Mr. Finance is what we call him because he has his undergrad in finance. He has his master's in business. Um, he talks to the kids about their money. Uh, we've always had very open conversations with money about money here with the kids. They are very aware of um, the cost of things and bills. And we don't say it in a shameful way, like, goodness, you people cost a lot to feed. Like, we're just like, here's what groceries look like, guys. Here's what they cost. Um, so as we're doing that, now we're saying, you've been looking at our money for these things to happen. Now it's time for your money. So then we 
find ourselves praying for provision for them. And we help them to think about what is the career that you would choose that would support the money you would need for where you are saying you want to go. Well, I want to go live in, um, you know, some great big city. Cool. That's great. So let's think about like, what does it cost to live there? Because it's one thing to have a dream, but let's have some conversations about what adulting looks like day to day. Because right now you are only fixed on the freedom. But I'm telling you, that there's this relationship between privilege and responsibility. Like the more responsibilities you take on, the more privileges you have of making decisions about how things go. So like maybe you'll see me opting out of a salad at dinner where I'm telling you, put salad on your plate and make sure you eat it. And you're like, but you didn't eat a salad. Hi, I have high responsibilities in this house. So I have privileges like I'm not going (laughs) to eat salad tonight. Okay. All right. Like this is how this works. And when you are in your home and you have high responsibilities, you too will have the privilege to be like, I'm having ice cream for dinner and nobody could say anything about it. And I'm like, you're right. Yes. That's what caring responsibility looks like. So don't just look at the freedom. That's privilege. I want you to look at the responsibility you'll carry in adulthood. And I want to pray for you as you step into that responsibility, that you carry the weight of that responsibility well. We actually talked about that in one of our um, our Right Now Media things. Mm-hmm. I talked yes. about responsibility yes, in my backpack. Yes, because everything you're saying, I have actually used all this language with my kids because you taught it. Yes. Mm, so that's yeah. what I was thinking too. I was yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. a Susan right there. Yeah. High responsibility. Yeah. Yes, yeah. girl. Yes. So as they are transitioning into adulthood, that they carry that responsibility well, which means it's not burdensome such that it weighs them down, but it's this weight that gives them a sense of, I have, and I carry something very important and I want to carry it well. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's about to happen at the dinner table tonight in the Bradford house. We about to have a high (laughs) responsibility talk. (laughs) Tell me this. I think it's so important because- It's 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 so exciting yes. to step into this new season. And I'm like, I can go places and I can do things and I don't have to ask permission uh-huh. and I don't have to be back at a certain time. And uh-huh. I don't have to think about all these different. Did you clean your room? Yeah. Did you get this thing done? Yeah. Did you get your studying done yet? Uh-huh. Nobody's checking on me. I can do it when I want to do it. Yeah. OK, that's all great. That's all great. Until consequences that's right. and results start showing up. And then you're like, oh. I had all these responsibilities. I've been enjoying the privileges, but I wasn't maintaining my responsibilities. And so now my privileges are going to suffer because I've got to get re-up on these responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So because you've launched five kids already, you got two more to go. Have you seen a shift from that first kid that you launched to maybe the last kid that you launched and how the world maybe has changed? Because I love what you said about not every kid's going to go to college. It feels more available in today's time that a kid could go, I'm not sure I'm going to go to college. Do you feel like there's been a shift there in the world? Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like there's been a shift because there's just an absolute cultural um, hovering of anxiety such that kids before were super excited to be like, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a doctor. And then they go for it. And now they're like, I don't, I don't know 
what I want to be. I don't, mm. I don't know what this could look like. So they're going by what they see that looks air quote easy. You know, I'm going to be a content creator. God bless you. Okay. So here's the thing. We love you. Um, <laughs> what is happening? Like, yeah. think bigger kid. Yeah. Um, I love you. And yeah. I love you enough to say you could do that now. So if you're not doing it now, why are you saying you're going to do it when you're an adult? Okay. You're not doing it now. Yeah. You're not creating content. You're yeah. not making money. Okay. I know yeah. because I got, I got bills in here. You're not paying them. So <laughs> anyway, I, I tease my kids like that. But it's it's such a, a challenging thing to try to declare what the future looks like in a world where the next week life can be completely different than ever. Mm. So what I have seen change is that I could have conversations with my older ones that with my younger ones, it's different. Here's what it sounds like. With my older ones, I was saying things like, what do you envision uh, you would like to do? What kind of work? Are you like inside? Are you outside? Are you working in groups and teams? Or are you like to work solo? I'm, I'm giving these descriptions and I'm taking notes of like what it is that they're describing. And then I'm saying, okay, here are fields of work where that looks. So let's talk about it. Do you love to spend time in science? Okay, no. Um, do you love math? Like the numbers, you love to crunch the numbers. Cool. So when you love to crunch the numbers, is it around money? Mm. Is it around spreadsheets and charts? So I keep just asking questions because basically I'm trying to get a, a view of what in their world do they see spending time doing? Sure. And I could point them towards that. So with my younger crew, I find myself saying, so when you envision your next steps, what is it that you find yourself drawn to so that we can have a broader field? Because with the bigger kids, I was getting a picture trying to bring in something narrow okay. to focus them towards engineering or to focus you towards um, psychology or to focus you in one area. Now I find myself going, so let's like go a little broader. Okay. So do you like working in um, something that is constantly changing or do you want something that's pretty fixed gonna always be the same and I find myself saying to them here's the thing if you get something real in the middle like a business degree then you can always pivot yes. in all these different directions yes. throughout your career because yeah. more than likely you're gonna pivot and you're gonna pivot often mm -hmm. that's good that I'm letting that soak in like the idea that what you're saying is that sometimes they almost think too small. Like mm -hmm. they narrow down to this like content creator and you're like, mm -hmm. I, I just don't know that that's going to like live your life, you know, out. And mm -hmm. so you're trying to broaden their horizon to take in mm -hmm. more stuff. Yeah. Because I, you know, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I do know about you, but like I've had a 50,000 different jobs and have done a myriad of different things. Mm -hmm. I ended up, going back to what my degree was in, but it took me a long time to get back to that place. I mean, you know, but there's just so much pressure, I think, launching where you feel like you've got to know what you want to do for mm -hmm. the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't really have to be that way. You just kind of mm -hmm. need to get out there and get some experience and start figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So just that broader, I like that concept. Well, mm -hmm. and the idea that you could just try a bunch of stuff your first couple of years, you know, because mm -hmm. they always want you to declare, like that's one of the questions Jake gets on all these college applications is what are you going to study? 
And maybe they don't know what they're going to study, but you start somewhere and then just like you said, you pivot and you pivot and you pivot and then you end up in a place where you're like, yeah, this is actually something I would love to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we need to give our kids the option to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, didn't you feel Truly. like that was a bad thing when you were in college? Like if you changed your major, it was like, oh my gosh, you're changing your major? For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I went to three different schools and I changed my major three different times. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot. And then I ended up doing school in the summer. So I stayed on track, you know, because I lost mm-hmm. some hours and stuff. But I'm looking back, I'm glad I did it the way I did because I got a variety mm-hmm. of experience and figured things mm-hmm. out. And then I did my master's work in what I decided I really wanted to do. So mm-hmm. that all worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I think one of the gifts you could give to um, any high school student, I wouldn't even say just those in the senior year, but high school students is the gift of introducing them to the people in your community in a new way. Have them over for dinner, but ask them questions about what they did when they left college, I mean, left high school. Did they go to college? Did they go in the military? How did they make that decision? Okay, you chose to go to college. What did you major in? Oh, did you have one major? Did you have four majors? You know what I mean? Like, okay. And then like, what's your career path been like? Like, were you in one job and you've stayed there the whole time? Or did you make lots of shifts? Okay. It begins to normalize the process for them, mm-hmm. but it introduces them into conversations where they might get a greater clue about what they're interested in. That's great. Not because they had to pick something, but because they're, they're, curiosity is being piqued about what's being discussed. That's great. Engaging intentionally in those conversations with other adults and yeah, people ahead of them. That's, that's a great tidbit. No, that is. And that's a practical step that we could take easily as moms. Tell me something that surprised you about your kids when you launched them. Something that you were like, I had no idea they were capable of this, but look at them <laughs> go. What did they do? Well, goodness, that is such a long list. I am just proud of these people. They they blow my mind constantly. But I will say that the biggest <laughs> the biggest stretch we had in parenthood was when our daughter declared that uh, the school that she wanted to go to is in New York City. So we took an 18 year old and moved her into an apartment in New York City and said bye. Mm. Now, it, the beautiful part was hubby was the one that broke down I was like girl you better rock this city you're gonna do great now I had to do all my mom stuff to get to that place which I had to see her space I had to make sure it was clean Mm -hmm. and germ free as much as I could do you know Mm -hmm. after I leave this on you Uh, I had to go to the grocery store I bought her too many groceries I bought her groceries like we were still in Texas in a New York fridge so bless her roommate but we kind of took over there (laughs) with all the food that I bought. Plus I'm used to buying for our family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she had a lot of food, but she had stuff. But in my mind, she's got food to eat. She's got a clean place. I know where she is. This is how many blocks to her campus. She's going to be fine. Hubby, as we got in that taxi and all we could do is wave from the curb as we head to the airport was like, are we just really leaving her? here wow that's a lot that's a big moment yeah what yeah I was like we really are honey (laughs) oh boy here we go and you know then we get when she comes home for school break we get to hear the stories like oh yeah my friend had to move out of her apartment so we went and rented a u-haul and because I was used to driving our family 15 passenger van I was driving the u-haul through New York City (laughs) oh my goodness I clipped the mirror on one of the <laughs> I was like, you did what? She was like, well, I thought I had enough room, but I heard a little, oh, I was like, oh. 
We got the insurance. It's fine. I can hit anything I want. I'm just hearing how she problem solved and figured things out because there ended up being a problem in the building where she lived and they were having all these mildew issues because they couldn't get the humidity under control. So in the middle of the semester, while she's having to take exams and trying to keep up with her papers, uh, she had to move. Mm. And I'm like, I can't just pop up to the city and help pack you up. So I'm like on the phone giving her guidance. And all I would do is give her one or two tips. Next thing I know, she had like taken leaps, got into a whole new place, got set up, got everything straight, um, such that her roommates were like, we're just going to follow you. Like, (laughs) you seem to have this figured out. So I just was like, God, everything in me wants to be like, is she good? Does she know what she's doing? Like, what is this new place? I don't even know what this new building is. And she's just navigating it and keeping her grades because she was there on scholarship. So uh, if if her GPA would have dropped, she would have lost scholarships. So she had to keep her grades up and she did it. She graduated all is well. And she has said, I'm going to stay in New York. I love it. So she's still there to this day. She works in a finance job right in Times Square. So she walks through Times Square every day to go to work. It's just that is so cool. I know. I'm like, you are really rocking it just as I desired for you. But I still had, you know, my own mom fears tucked in there like. "Mm." Yeah. Yes. But you were you were surprised by how much she thrived and figured it out on her own. That's a wonderful thing. I love that. It Mm -hmm. is. Okay, so mm-hmm. as we kind of wrap this episode, what would you say to our moms that are launching their babies, mm-hmm. knowing that you've got one sitting right in front of you? Mm-hmm. What would you be your word? What would be your words of advice to us as we kind of enter what I'm considering the the final home stretch because it's about February and we got to get to May, so we are almost there. Mm-hmm. Um, the The message that comes to mind as I hear that question is one of reminder to say. Remember that the same God who put that child in your life and trusted you to nurture them and care for them and to shepherd them over this journey of motherhood is the same God who will be with them as you launch them and release them in the direction that they are to go. Trust that the same faithfulness, mercy and grace he's poured out over these years will continue to follow them. And chase hard after them everywhere they go. So when you lay your head on the pillow at night and you might start to ruminate over your concerns, your worries and your hopes for them. I want you to go right back to that trusting place as you reflect on the journey so far and know that his faith, his faithfulness and his grace never runs out. Absolutely beautiful. That's so good. I'm not crying yet. I'm not crying yet. I'm not doing it. That's so good. Thank you so much, Susan, for being with us today. And would you let our moms know how they can find out more about you? Do you have a, we know you have a podcast, so tell them about that, but then um, a place they can find you on socials. Yeah, I have conversations like this all the time over on my podcast, the Mentor for Moms podcast. You can find the image of me sitting there on a couch because I say we hang out on the virtual couch together. And uh, you can look me up by my name, Susan, S-E-A-Y.com. That's my website. And that has all the other information about me. Thank you so much for being with us today and giving us your little tidbits of advice. I think you need to write that book that you were talking about because I would read it in a heartbeat. You have so much wisdom to give. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you. you I appreciate it. All right, moms. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>